0: G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne with the financial support of the Community Radio Federation. We come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio. In this edition, we go to the biggest walk-off by early childhood educators in Australia's history held on Tuesday the 27th of March. The fight for equal pay for the workers started in Victoria and with United Voice members across the country now joining in the protest with centres in Brisbane, Darwin, Canberra, Sydney, Hobart, Adelaide and Perth joined by rural centres with over 6,000 early educators marching. Stick Together was at the Melbourne Rally. But first, some workers' news. (coughs) The Port Kembler Coal Terminal in the Illawarra region, south of Sydney, has won a bid to terminate its EBA agreement with workers. The Fair Work Commission's decision will take effect on March 29, 2019. It follows the company's inability to negotiate with workers and a lockout of the terminal for the first time in its history. To successfully terminate an enterprise agreement, a company typically seeks to demonstrate that it has exhausted all reasonable efforts to negotiate with its workers. At Port Kembla Coal Terminal, union members believe the company never truly wanted a negotiated outcome, but simply went through the motions to make it look like a company had bargained in good faith. It's a tactic where they start with a lockout, and when they starve you out, they then terminate the agreement, Electrical Trade Union State Secretary Troy Gray said. Once the enterprise agreement is terminated, workers go back onto the standard award containing fewer entitlements and protections. Documents leaked to the ABC showed the company had considered a contentious, in inverted commas, restructure that would result in the loss of up to a third of the workforce. Secretary of the South Coast Labor Council, Arthur Rorris, said delaying the termination by 12 months, meant the issue would be front and centre in the upcoming New South Wales and federal election campaigns. It is quite unheard of, even with the laws as they are skewed so heavily towards the company, that you actually have a one-year waiting period for the company to move in with its plans, Mr Rorris said. It's basically saying there were real doubts here, and I think you can be assured that examples like this and others will be featured very prominently in both industrial campaigns and the elections themselves. <laughs> Last week, Stick Together featured a dispute at the Victorian Yarkolt factory. We can now re- report that National Union of Worker members at Yakult have won a fair wage increase of 3% and rostered days off after being on strike for 10 days. A source from the National Union of Workers said that Australia is in the midst of a national wage crisis and the victory at Yarkol shows that the only way workers can secure the wage increases they need and deserve is through organising in unions and taking action. For background on the dispute, tune in to Stick Together's podcast for last week's edition. The Transport Workers Union, the TWU, has filed unfair dismissal claims in the Fair Work Commission against Fedora for two dismissed food delivery cyclists. Despite Fedora's successful bid to brand workers as independent contractors, slashing delivery rates from a $14 base rate to set pay at $7 a delivery in 2017 under a Fair Work Commission ruling, and a statement from Fedora that contractors, in adverted commas, have the freedom to work when and where they want, as much as they want, end of quotes, the two cases show that words and slogans are cheap. The Josh Kugler case revolves around an invite-only team chat for Dura Melbourne he set up in 2016 via the encrypted messaging service Telegram to allow cyclists to exchange tips about the job and swap shifts. After slashing of the pay in 2017, cyclists started using the group to talk about pay and conditions and to find out what other similar jobs were paying. Emails show Fedora's compliance unit, based in Singapore, advised Mr Kugler on February 22nd that he was, in inverted commas, potentially breaching confidentiality and intellectual property rights of Fedora by maintaining and or refusing to transfer ownership of telegram groups created by you within the scope of your contract with Fedora. The company requested that Mr Kugler immediately leave the groups so that Fedora can become owner by recreating them with the contractor network. Mr Kugler, who was hired by Fedora in 2015 and paid $14 an hour plus $5 a delivery, has been a vocal critic of Fedora, lowering rates and addressed cyclists at a TWU protest about the issue in Melbourne on January the 31st. The following week, on March the 2nd, Fedora emailed Mr Kugler saying he had failed to respond to or comply with its previous notification to transfer the telegram group. Averted commas. In that regard, specifically the breach to IP rights of Fedora, we decide to not continue contracting your services and take the opportunity to serve you this notice of contract termination effective immediately. The company flagged it may take further action to recover its IP assets. The Josh Gugler case will help set a precedent on whether contractors in the food delivery industry are in fact employees entitled to minimum wage and conditions. The second case is for R.V. Winner, who was sacked for inactivity. That's what it's called, a term that certainly puts pay to the concept that contractors have the freedom to work when and where they want. As much as they want in his claim, Mr. Winner said he was hired at ten dollars a delivery last year, but was automatically removed on February the twentieth when he failed to secure a ship for four weeks. He said Fedora had moved him down to a lower priority batch of cyclists after he went on holiday, despite notifying them beforehand. The batch made it hard for him to get ships despite multiple attempts. When he requested his account be reactivated, Fedura said he would have to reapply for the job but based on the lower $7, a delivery contract. TWU National Secretary Tony Sheldon argued Fedura had classified the cyclists as independent contractors but was treating them like employees. These unfair dismissal cases are about demanding rights for workers and standing up to the tech billionaires who continue to slash rates and conditions as new entrants enter the market, he said. Delivery riders are demanding a voice to raise issues of exploitation and safety without being victimised in any way, he said. If you are wondering how low the Libs will go to attack workers, this is a story for you. You may remember last year when Federal Liberals swooped on Victoria over possible changes to the CFA, that's the Country Fire Authority, a volunteer organisation. The Federal Liberals could see some mileage out of portraying Labor as attacking an organisation that stands next to the ANZACs as possessing what they like to call core Australian values. What State Labor has been proposing is a modernisation of the State Firefighting Service through its Victorian Fire Bill which transfers the CFA's 35 integrated stations and 1,000 career firefighters into a new body, Fire Rescue Victoria, with many of these same career firefighters seconded back to the CFA. For the United Firefighters Union, the important element of the bill was the new provisions granting presumptive legislation for occupational cancer. This would mean firefighters who get work-related cancer would not have to be dragged through the courts to get what they need in their hour of need. Victorian Liberals did a truly amazing piece of bastardry on Good Friday when the bill was brought before the Upper House. Liberal member, Bernie Finn, member for Western Metropolitan Region, claimed he was feeling physically sick, in inverted commas, because he was being kept from his religious duties. Another Liberal member, Craig Ondachi, member of Northern Metropolitan Region, became emotional as he pleaded for the House to adjourn so he could be with his Christian family. Averted commerce again. By parliamentary convention, Labor removed two of their members to keep voting balanced. But what did the Libs do? Our two righteous Christians returned for the vote after the third reading defeating the Bill by one vote. Matthew Guy, the state Liberal leader, tweeted... I am so proud of my upper house colleagues and the MPs who stood up for the LCFA today and defeated the Andrews government plan to smash it up. The Liberal Nationals will always stand up for volunteers against this bully of a premier. Victorian Greens MP Nina Spingles said, It's hard to find an example in any parliament around the country that this has happened ever before, she said. It's a fundamental betrayal of the parliament of how Parliament works, of how members of Parliament respect each other and respect whether it their private belief or respect the fact that they may need from time to time to go and be with a sick relative and go and care for other people. She said Mr Guy needed to front up and explain who devised the plan. <coughs> In the US, or Trumpland it is now called, thousands of teachers are taking illegal strike action for wages and conditions. On Good Friday, teachers in Kentucky went out on illegal wildcat strikes in more than 25 counties against the wishes of union leaders to protest against draconian changes to the state's pensions plan. The measures passed by the Kentucky legislator last week would raise eligibility age before teachers can qualify for their pensions, Bar future teachers from enjoying traditional pensions in favour of cash balance plans, and even allow lawmakers to unilaterally reduce teachers' pension plans in violation of previously negotiated collective bargaining agreements. The strikers have been buoyed by a successful strike by their peers in West Virginia, their first statewide work stoppage since 1990, which ended with them winning a 5% pay rise and other concessions, not just for the teachers, but for all public workers. The teachers are planning to go out on strike despite the state legislature passing a raise equal to an average $6,000, a raise which teachers called inadequate and would still leave them in the bottom half of the pay scale for states across the country.
1: You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news.
2: broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network.
0: I'm down at uh, Fed Square. It's uh, Tuesday, March the 27th. Uh, There's a huge rally of early educators who are calling for equal pay. Uh, In fact, they're calling Malcolm to step in and do the right thing. a good day for you?
1: It has been a good day.
0: Yeah. Tell me about why you think it's important to actually come out today.
1: I think it's really important because us educators deserve better. We don't just babysit, we teach the kids how to life skills.
0: Is it a very exciting thing to come out with everybody um, standing up for their rights?
1: Yeah, it is really important um, and I love getting all behind our fellow educators as well from our centre and helping them you know, get ready and spend the day with them.
0: Yeah, so so what happened at your centre?
1: Um, The whole centre closed down, so at one o'clock our centre closed and we all walked off, so it was a big thing for us, yeah, first time I've done it. Yeah,
0: is it the first time?
1: Yeah, yeah, first time I've rallied, so very excited. Yeah,
0: and what does it mean for your family to actually get a proper pay packet?
1: Yeah, um, I've only just gone back to work, so it's really important that I help bring in money and we've just got our first home loan, so it's really, you know, exciting, so I need to help bring in the money to help pay for everything and... Stick Together
3: Show, are you a uh,
0: early ed- educator? Yes. And you've c- decided to come out today, tell me why.
3: Yeah, because of the low pay, not equal, it's very low and that's why we are protesting to the average. If it's, a- and and is this the first time you've done this? Yes, I'm, I know, I'm coming three times. Three, three times,
0: yeah. okay so you're a long term, this is a big yeah. battle. Yeah,
3: yeah. yes.
0: Three. What would it mean to you if they actually gave you proper pay um, pardon? what would it mean for you if you actually got proper pay
3: yeah like you know we have they're giving us lots of um, duties and things we need to write lots of things and we want the proper pay for that yeah because uh, they said more education we needed and lots of paperwork um, that's that's why we want, yeah. And it, it will help us because of with, with my two kids, it's very low pay. Stick together, uh, 3CR
0: show. Can you tell me about how this has all been organised? How long has it taken for this to get to this stage?
3: Um, first we started with the, our committee, and then they gave us an agreement, and from there, and uh, we sent an email to the parents, and the educators. And then most of the parents actually picked the children up today. Yeah, which is great at 2.30. And we were able to come here and do our walk-off. And, and so the parents are on your side, really? They, they are. They are always, have, uh, like, you know, supported us last couple of years. And they are always supporting us. Yes. And what are you aiming for? What do you want? We are aiming, of course, for a pay rise. Yeah, you know, as you know, like, you know, the early childhood educators, they get paid as uh, less, like, you know, $21. Yeah, we are aiming for a pay rise. We are aiming for an equal pay as well. But...
4: I work in a in a city... Melbourne Centre.
0: Okay, and uh, how, how did it all come about that all your workers have decided to take this action?
4: Well, it's an important action for educators to take. We have been asking for the government to stand up and support early childhood education and educators' wages And the government's not coming to the table, they're not listening. So if they're not going to listen, this is the sort of action that we are going to take.
0: Okay, so this is a long, it's been going on for a long time now. Yes,
4: definitely it has. Uh, For example, our Fair Work case went for five years before it was kicked out and not one single educator was, was heard during that time. So And it's been an issue longer than that, so it is something that we definitely need to continue fighting and we will never give up until we achieve uh, equal pay that we deserve. Now, $21
0: an hour is a fairly basic wage, isn't it? Yes,
4: correct. And 80% of the sector is reliant on the national award, um, which is where that wage sits. So you're talking about 80% of thousands of educators across the country that are on below minimum wage, basically. So uh, what kind of education do people have to have to be able to do this? It... Well, it's a minimum start of a Certificate three qualification, which starts, uh, which is roughly about six months of tertiary education. But it's not just the qualifications. We've got yearly first aid um, qualifications that we need to maintain. There's also professional development throughout the, um, throughout the time that you're in the sector to make sure that we've got the best quality practices happening. So there's all these demands
0: being placed on workers and for below minimum wage?
4: Yeah, correct. We are, um, it's roughly about half the national average that early childhood educators earn and for those that have a degree qualification, if they moved into the school system, they would be paid up to 30% more just because it's within the schooling and not early childhood
0: now with the chance people are calling on Malcolm to do something about it so this is a federal government issue isn't it yeah
4: definitely it definitely is a federal government issue this is a sector that is not funded by the government there are subsidies but they go to parents or they go to the services they don't come to educators
0: how many uh, services are publicly owned in your sector does that mean that it goes just straight into their pocket or what
4: Well, I'm not sure of the percentages that are owned within the sectors. Um, I do know that there are a lot of community centres and the money that the communities make go back because they're not-for-profit centres, so they go into the service. And yes, um, the wages are a large priority of the budget, but there needs to be a better system. We just need all um, all of community to understand the vital world that we do, which they do, but now we need the government to listen to what we are doing.
5: Welcome to the biggest early childhood education walk-off. a warning. We sent him a very clear warning. We said, you need to fund equal pay right now or we will shut the sector down. Now, unfortunately for Prime Minister Turnbull, he has failed to act. So look at us here today. We have shut the sector down. <laughs> We know, we know that the work that we do is amazing. We know that we're professionals. We know that we're dedicated. We know that that we're committed and that we earn about a third less than other professionals. What do we think about that? But we also know that we are determined. We are courageous and we will never stop. Until we win equal pay. So again, are we ready? Are we gonna stand up? Are we gonna speak out? Are we gonna fight for equal pay? Now our walk-off movement is getting bigger and bigger. So our movement started here in Victoria with centres that walked off and then last year we went national and today right now today over 6,000 educators have walked off the job around the country (laughs) we are getting bigger we are getting stronger we are getting louder and we are gonna win question for the Prime Minister is not if he is going to fund equal pay, but when he is going to fund equal pay. Right now. Because United Voice educators, make no mistake, we know what we have to do if he continues to disrespect us, if he continues to fail to value us. If he continues to fail to fund equal pay, then we know what we need to do. And what we need to do is vote him out at the next election. trade union movement. Right now, today, our brothers and sisters who work in construction and who are members of the CFMU are flying our flags, our Big Steps flags, on their sites, on their cranes today. And thank you- Us in solidarity today, and the tens of thousands of parents around the country who've supported us by keeping their children at home today. So a huge thanks to all of our parents. And now I'd like to introduce our next speaker, and you've seen her doing an amazing job in the media, speaking up for educators and it's our National Assistant Secretary. Please give a big United Voice welcome to Helen Gibbons.
2: Hello, Melbourne. Hello, Victoria. This is just incredible. Look at you all. Look around at the amazing support that you have here in Fed Square. But think about the amazing support that you have all across the country. I have greetings from as far flung places as Brisbane, the Sunshine Coast, Newcastle, Sydney, Perth, Darwin, Launceston, Hobart, all across the country. Educators like you, parents like you, are walked out, they're attending rallies and they're demanding equal pay. Educators and community and parents have been driven to this by a failed system. A failed system that allows early educators to be paid $21 an hour. Shame. They've been driven to this by a broken government. A government that is failing early educators, failing parents and failing children. Early educators are qualified, they're skilled, they're professional. They work with our very youngest Australians and they can be paid as little as $21 an hour. This is a broken system. And it does not have to be this way. We do not have to put up with $21 an hour. Time for this government to act. Long past time for this government to act. No more excuses, no more asking nicely.
0: That's it for Stick Together. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to the United Voice Big Step Fighters for being part of the show. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. And the podcast is available at 3CR.org.au. And you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at com or by calling 03 9419 8377. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Until next time, stick together. And we're going to go out with a bit of Woody Guthrie.
6: Everybody in this world looks mean to me There's nothing put here good on earth that I can see Steal the nickels off of dead people's eyes And I spend them trying to learn how to get a little wiser Be a little meaner I'm still too good to suit myself Mean, that's all Just plain old mean I ride around on the subway trains, laughing at the tight shoes, dealing the pain. And I laugh when the car shakes from side to side, and I laugh the loudest when other people cry. I just can't help it, I guess. I was born good, just like you, but I turned off mean. I hate everybody don't think like me, and I'd rather see you dead than never see you free. I'd rather see you starve to death than see you at work, and I'm reading all I can now to learn how to hurt, deal misery, spread diseases, keep you without no vote, keep you without no union. I hurt when I see you getting along so well, I'd ten times rather see you in the fires of hell. I couldn't stand to see you in the house fixed nice, I'd like to keep you in that rotten hole there, all full of bugs and lice. Roaches, turnamites, sand fleas, tater bugs, grub worms, stinger bees, vinegarones, translers, spiders, childs of the earth, ticks and blowflies, and these is all of my little angels. help me to do the best part of my meanness, and mosquitoes. Well, I used to be a pretty nice feller, but I turned a scab, and then I turned yellow, and I fought ever union with teeth and toenail, and I sprouted a 16-inch stinger right in my tail. I growed horns. Cut them off. Wanted to fool you. I hate union everywhere, because God likes unions, and I hate God. If I can get the fat, to hate, and the lean, that would tickle me more